Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Steve Wilson back again, continuing through Matthew. We're in uh, chapter 14. We're going to pick up in verse 22. We've already been through the beheading of John uh, the Baptist. We've been through um, the feeding of the 5,000. Now we're going to Look at the passage here where the uh, disciple, or where Peter walks on the water. Jesus comes to him in the midst of the storm. You probably know the story, but we're going to go through it a little bit, make a few comments. Again, um, you know, that's this in succession. So they had finished the prior um, events that we discussed, and it says then in verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. And to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Um, we don't know how big these ships were. They refer to all the ships, boats, and so on as ships. They're probably fishing boats, but big enough to accommodate quite a few people. Obviously, there were 12 disciples. So anyway, he told them to go out onto the Sea of Galilee there and, uh, and go to the other side. And in verse 23, uh, he had let the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain to pray, apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. A couple things I want to point out in this verse here. You know, again, you know, crazy thoughts and a wandering mind here. When Jesus dismissed the people, it says, and when he had sent the people away, I, you know, I kind of, I wonder what their attitude was, how, how they dispersed. You know, I picture leaving church on Sunday, and it poses a question to each of us. You know, what, what is our attitude as we leave, um, as we leave a, a time of worship? When we've approached God's throne, when we've sang and preached and listened and prayed, And now we're departing. You know, how do you feel when you leave church on Sunday morning or Sunday night or revival service, whenever, whatever it is? Are, are you resistant to leave? I mean, when people say go home, you say, I don't want to. I used to, there was a church I was used to know uh, in Cincinnati that um, they would, they, their services would start about oh, mid-morning, 10, 11 o'clock. They wouldn't go home till 3 or 4, sometimes 5 o'clock in the afternoon. They'd go for several hours just continuing to praise and sing. People would come and go. It was just kind of a open house kind of a thing. 
But, you know, once they got there, they never seemed to want to leave. Um, today, there are so many people that, you know, I, people I see that I want to, I want to talk to and meet because they come in late and they leave the second service, service is over. I don't even have time to catch them before they get out the door. I, you know, I don't get that. I don't understand how people can, you know, are they just coming out of, out of a sense of duty or what? You know, I, I have a hard time understanding why people are not resistant to leave, you know, and yet, been, you know, some are just eager to get out and gone back into the world. Uh, you know, I also remember um, so many times in our little church I grew up in, after service, especially in the evenings, uh, how long they would stand. Of course, I was a kid. I was ready to go, you know, unless I had friends there to play with. But the grown-ups would just stand and talk forever and forever and ever. And I'm thinking, come on, let's go. I want to go home. I'm hungry. Hey, you know, I, I wanted to get out of there, and yet they would linger. I, I wonder if that's what happened here. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, wondering, just thinking about this. Or were they anxious? Uh, you know, when are we going to get back together again? What's what's the next service time? I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just wonder, you know, it's it's. I think this is something we need to reflect upon our, ourselves is how we approach our time of worship is very often revealed in our departure. Um, you know, can't wait till it's over. Got other things to do or... Gee, I wish we could stay longer. Wish we could do more. Um, you know, I, I enjoy just hanging around the church and and just you know soaking it in. So anyway, you know, he he told him to leave. He he dismissed all the people there in verse uh, twenty three, um, and then he was alone. Well. You know, that's another thought that we need to consider. Uh, even Jesus needed that a long time. He, um, because it says he went up into a mountain apart to pray. You know, I don't, I, you, it's hard to measure the value of our prayer life. I, I don't know that there is a limit to it. Um, because, well, I'll get into this in a few minutes. But Jesus, even Jesus, a very, Son of God needed that time alone just between him and the Father. He needed to, to, to be with him and speak with him and hear God's voice back to him. And so he was, he was seeking that time. But notice what then happens. Verse 24 is, you know, what Jesus is apart in the mountain praying, says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. All right. They separate from Jesus or going to the other side of the sea, and they're doing what they're told to do, and yet they face danger. Um, you know, when we're apart from, from Jesus, when we're apart from God, when we don't spend our time in prayer and Bible study and, um, and, and worship and all those things, um, we face greater danger. And God is going to use this, or Jesus is going to use this to teach them another spiritual lesson. That when you, when you are separate away from me, then Satan is going to increase the pressure. He's going to bring things into your life to strike fear into your heart and to prevent you from 
getting where you're going. He didn't want to get them to the other side of the sea. God had a purpose for there. Jesus had a purpose for them there. And Satan was trying to deter them. And so now we have, uh, you know, the waves of the sea. And, you know, there, there's a problem in the sea. Um, but we need to understand that that's, that's going to be life. Expect nothing less from life because God uses, Satan uses those lessons to deter us. Jesus uses those lessons to grow us. Um, and so in verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking under the sea. So you're talking somewhere between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, Jesus, you know, so that kind of gives us an idea maybe how long they've been out on the sea. But Jesus went and he's walking on the sea. Um, you know, Jesus comes to us right in the middle of the issue. It's, it's not an issue to him. He's not afraid of the waves or the wind or anything like that. He's going to reach out to us and come to us, um, you know, in our most difficult time. He's never going to leave. He's promised he'll never leave us alone. He'll always be there. And so whatever you're going through, always reach out to him. And verse 26 says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit, and they cried out for fear. Well, they obviously weren't expecting to see him. Um, you know, they were so deeply mired into their own problems. Um, they didn't think it was possible for Jesus to come. And so when they, so much so that when they actually saw Jesus coming to them in the midst of the storm, they didn't recognize him. They thought it was something else. They cried out in fear. But isn't that what happens when we fall prey to Satan's temptations? God tries to help us and he tries to reach out to us. And we very often don't even realize that that's what he's doing. That, that, you know, the things that he's doing to help us. We don't realize they're there to help us. We think we think they're there to harm us. Satan gets into our heads. You know, I've often wondered how people can't see Jesus, how people can't understand Jesus, how how people can refuse Jesus. Well, it's because Satan twists their minds and makes them see things that aren't there. You know, they <coughs> they see Jesus in a different way. First of all, they don't usually recognize that they need a Savior. All they know is life's troubled sea. It's all they're familiar with. They, they don't know what it's like to be in the arms of, of Jesus. But um, secondly, they don't recognize Jesus because this is all they've ever known. They don't, they don't see that there is even a need for, for rescuing because they think that's, that's the best there is. You, you know, you have heard that thing about this is as close to heaven as a sinner is ever going to get. So they don't, they don't recognize, you know, there's something better out there for them. But the disciples did. And so they should have been able to recognize Jesus, and yet they didn't. So in verse 27, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Um, look, God can handle anything. I don't care what you're going through. It makes no difference. And it doesn't matter how bad it is. And a lot of people will tell us, look, don't judge others because you don't know what they've been through. Well, yes, you do know what they've been through. They've been through tough times. They've been through the temptation of Satan. Maybe the temptations were different than yours. Maybe the hard times were different hard times, but they were nonetheless temptations and hard times. 
everybody goes through the same thing. So <clears throat> understand people need the Lord. Um, and that God can handle anything. It makes no difference what it is. He says, be of good cheer. It's I. Be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come to thee, unto thee on the water. Well, we all want to conquer our fears, don't we? And don't, I mean, don't we want to walk on the water? We want to be able to rise above what Satan sends us. And, of course, Jesus' response, and he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked onto the water to go to Jesus. But then everything goes sour because he says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately just Jesus stretched forth his hand caught him and said to him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So, you know, Peter did the right thing at, at first. Um, he saw Jesus, recognized Jesus, asked Jesus to guide him through, and Jesus said, well, come on. You know, I'm, I'm out here. Come on out here with me. <laughs> See, that's where God wants you. He, he doesn't... It's not that he doesn't want you when times are good, but he wants you when times are bad because that's when the fight is on. And that's when we can do our most damage against Satan. That's, that's when we're at our best, when we're in the middle of the battle and Jesus is by our side. We're depending on him. So that's, that's where we need, we need to be walking on the water and not being concerned about what's around us because the only thing that really matters is the fact that Jesus is around us. Uh, he's the one leading us. Um, and guiding us and, and, and helping us to be victors. And, and it says immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? You know, that's the question he asks us every day. Why do we ever doubt? When we look back at the things that God has done in our lives, why do we ever doubt the power and the ability and the purpose of God and the love that he has shown, the love that he has for you and I. He is, he's always there for us, and he wants to do great things for us, and he's been showing that throughout this entire chapter. <clears throat> um, and so, you know, after that happened, this is in when, verse uh, 32, and when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And they were, um, well, you know, when God reaches out and pulls us up out of the, the muck and the mire of life, he gives us that peace that passes understanding. Now, in this case, you know, the, the boisterous sea calmed down. It, it went away, and, and that's what happened. When Jesus, That's what happens in our lives. When, when we fully trust on Jesus and we allow him to take our hand and lead us, the problems go away, but that doesn't mean they stay gone. That doesn't mean we don't face new problems. It just means that we have the peace that passes understanding. And the problems are gone in the sense that we can handle them because Jesus is guiding us through. Jesus has given the strength and, and, and the value and the purpose that we need in our lives in order to combat what we're facing. He can handle anything. He'll let us conquer our fears, and he will give us the rest we need for this life. Um, in one of these days, we're going to get a permanent rest where there literally will be no more rough seas will be in heaven. But while we're here on this earth, 
we just need to reach out and let God help us to walk on the water. Once again, we love you. God bless. See you next time.